Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. God bless you, get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Folks, a new jobs report out on Friday. And I think we have a distinct advantage on make it plain because the mainstream media will just give you a 10 second sound bite uh, that can be misleading. But we're fortunate and we've been doing this for years to actually have an economist and not just any economist, the chief economist for the Senate or Center on Budget and Policy Priorities with us um, to break down what those numbers mean and what they may portend after all. Chad Stone is that chief economist and he joins us now to talk about July's jobs numbers. Chad, how are you, buddy? I'm well, how are you? Just fine, just fine. Hang it in here, man. Yeah, exactly. As best as we all can. Yep. So the, the new jobs numbers are out. And if you just look at it on the surface, uh, payroll employment is up 1.8 million jobs. And if you just stop there, it can be a little misleading. And if you stop there, you probably want to paint a rosier picture than is really real, correct? 
Right. I mean, look, it's probably real that that many jobs were created, but um, what, and, and normally 1.8 million jobs in a month, that's fabulous. But we have to compare it with the fact that we're still 12.9 million jobs below where we were in February. So the, the, size, of the, the size of the jobs gap is huge, bigger, bigger than at any time in the Great Recession. Um, and, and so, yeah, we've, we've gotten a little bit closer, but any, any, any um, magical thinking that we're zooming towards recovery is um, misplaced. When last we talked, um, we speculated that um, that big number was because of all of these reopenings. But then we also speculated that it, no um, sooner than this month, I guess, um, that number would probably shrink as result of people having to close back up again. And many of those essential workers, and we've already made it clear to the audience that many of these jobs are essential service workers, disproportionately people of color, et cetera, that that number would probably shrink again as the economy opened too soon and as people got sick. Um, how right were we in that speculation? Well, we were, certain, we were certainly right about the direction that that the, the, the nearly 5 million jobs created in June was not an indicator that we're, we're going to have that continue. Right. Uh, we didn't, weren't, weren't sure whether what was going to happen with, with the July numbers because um, the June number had been a period when things were opening up. And by the time we were talking, um, things were starting to shut down. And we thought that in July, things might shut down more. Well, they did. They did to a degree, but there were those 1.8 million jobs created. Um, so that's a little more than we were expecting. But the fact that it was substantially lower than what happened in June was definitely on target. And so we're, we're, I, think, I think it's fair to say that the recovery is slowing, but it's not going backwards. Uh, yeah, can't again. Can't say for sure. I, I think we said it last time. The uh, the virus is running the show. Not not people are not running the show. <laughs> Employers and workers are not running the show, or policymakers. <clears throat> well, and, and and if we really think about it, if we looked at 1.8 million and look at let's just say, you know, large metropolitan series cities like where I live where it's eight or nine million people. 1.8 million between places like New York and California and Chicago, that really isn't a lot of, of, of people, right? I mean, that, and I don't know if we can drill down state by state or city by city, but man, you, you New York and LA alone could probably do that without really even trying, wouldn't you think? Yeah, and what I like to compare it to is what I said, the, the, the fact that, that there's 12.9 million <laughs> down from where we were in February. That's, that's what we should keep, the, keep our eye on, is the huge gap that still needs to be filled. And just filled, then, then to keep up with population growth, you need, you need more. And that's why you're here. You know, I'm just looking on 
the, the reporting on the jobs numbers. And yours, your tweets are the only ones that say that. That literally say we had 12 point. And, and I mean, I know that's not your, you know, journalism and reporting is not necessarily your, your calling. But literally, you're the only person that I can find that has tweeted as these numbers come out, there were 12.9 million in February. It's um, like, yeah. Well, I, I have, co- I have, I have some, I have some, co- there's, a, there's some colleagues, some, some good economists, and it's always, it's always good economists who, who are, who are pointing that out. But yeah, it's not, it's not what gets into the journalism. Yeah. So you all, they need to be interviewing you all on, on TV too. Uh, I need to tell some people to do that. Uh, <laughs> really? Because you know this. Okay. Unemployment rate. Also, let's look at this number, three and a half percent in February. So what is it? Ten and a quarter? Ten ten point two. Ten point two. That's that's higher than the peak in the Great Recession. It's down from even higher in remember, um, April was a horrible month. That's when everything went south. And so every every number was really horrible in April. So it's come so it's come down from the April number, but still ten point two percent. It we hit we hit 10 in the Great Recession. Okay. And the Great Recession was awful. <laughs> the unemployment rates, according to race, we should just accept the fact that somehow the unemployment rate for African-Americans and other people of color is going to be double almost, uh, or is close to double as to the white rate. And there's a big difference, once again, there between July and February. Yeah, and, and um, the, the, the doubling is, is a historical average. And, you know, right now, I think, I think it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not doubled. It's, it's one and a half or something like that. But when, when the black unemployment rate is, let me check it, when the black unemployment rate is 14.6%, the, the fact that it's not double the white rate is meaningless. It's still way higher than the white rate. And it's unacceptable. Yeah. And, and you've also been writing about that recently. You've written a couple of pieces about and then done some historical analysis on that, how not only is it double, so you get hit hard on the front end if you're black, but then the recovery, whenever there's a chance for recovery, it's always slow motion, right? That's right. And it comes down to the cliche that's true. Uh, last hired, first fired. It's harder, it's harder for black workers to find a job and it's harder for them to keep a job for a variety of reasons that don't have to do with, with their performance on the job or their qualifications. One other statement I don't want to skip over you made. Um, seasonal adjustment issues confound data on government jobs. What did you mean by that? Yeah, so that's um, that's an issue that has to do with the, the state and local government uh, figures. You know, state and local governments have been hit really hard. They've lost lots of jobs. They face um, tremendous revenue losses because of income going down, and because they have balanced budget requirements, they are trying to they they're forced to find ways to meet those balanced budget requirements, and so they cut services, and that that's bad for the economy. So um, July 
normally. We've talked we've talked about seasonal adjustment around Christmas time a lot, but in July, um, normally it, it's a month when there's a there's a hit to job growth from the fact that um, teachers and school employees are being laid off for the summer as the school year shuts down. Happens every year, and 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 the the government statisticians handle that problem with what's called seasonal adjustment, which is they smooth out the fluctuations of the excess of the normal jump in hiring around Christmas time and the normal decline around um, July school, school closing time. So they smooth that out so that in normal times you can identify more underlying trends in what's going on. Well, the COVID with, with the COVID situation, of course, um, schools were shutting down um, long before July in many way, in many cases, um, going virtual with with kids and and things like that, and and so uh, maintenance workers were being laid off and some teachers were being laid off, and as a result, the hit that comes in um, July came earlier. But the data are such that there's a there's an add-on to the actual number of jobs created in July that happens every year it looks like there was a big increase in government jobs in July that's because um, there the seasonal factors were, were, were already accounting for for a loss and so but so so the so the actual number came in big compared with the, the seasonally adjusted but we look at February or we look at July a year earlier, we're down a million jobs in state and local government jobs. So it's, it's huge. Yeah. Sorry, that was kind of um, in the weeds. That's, that's, good. that's fine. I mean, we, we all here learn and we're thankful to have you here to teach us. The, the other issue, of course, is the issue of unemployment benefits. Yes. And those being allowed to expire, um, some negotiation going on, but I don't know. But this will be devastating um, if it is not corrected. Yes, it's. I mean, it has to already start to be devastating for. I mean, there's there's people who were who were depending on that six hundred dollars last week when it, when it didn't when it's not there because the failure of Congress to take things up in a timely way and allowing the boost the federal boost to regular unemployment insurance benefits to lapse now. In the first half of the year, or from the time it got enacted in, in, in March, I should say, um, that $600 supported the economy. People, people on unemployment insurance were able to maintain a level of spending and a standard of living fairly similar to what they had before they lost their jobs. That's, that's never happened before, really. And that was really important uh, because spending elsewhere in the economy was dropping, and their spending helped keep overall spending, aggregate demand, kept other people in their jobs because there was demand for things they were doing, the stuff, the stuff that unemployed workers were buying, and that's all gone away. So not only are the workers going to be facing hardship with a sharp drop in their unemployment insurance benefits, but that's going to slow the recovery because it, it saps aggregate demand for the people who are still working and producing. <laughs> they're, they're, there's not going to be a demand for what they're doing, and they're going to lose jobs. And you've also acknowledged that this, the loss of benefits 
exacerbates racial inequities too. Right. We, we, talk, we talked about the pattern uh, that, that over a business cycle, when a recession starts, black unemployment goes up faster than white unemployment. And, and when the economy bottoms out and starts to grow again, now you're still, you still have high unemployment um, because, because you're, a recession, the recession formally ends when the economy starts to grow again, even though unemployment is still high in the early stages. Well, it's especially high for black workers and it keeps growing after the economy is recovering. So the gap between white and black unemployment rates widens because the white rates already started to go down and the black rates still going up. And it takes a very long time to, to, to close that, close that gap. I mean, we did, we were able to close that gap almost in, you know, by February <laughs> when, when unemployment was really low. Right. Of course, it's important to point out that there was still a gap, which says there's some problem there <laughs> where, where black workers don't stand the, ch the same chance as white workers uh, of, of being employed. So, and not to mention, I mean, you, you kind of said it, it's been said in other ways though, and again, that's why you're here, um, the loss of benefits, even affects the industries where those workers would be employed and able to be hired. And I guess another way of, say, of saying it, tell me if I'm right, economics professor, is that's $600 is also money that people are going to spend to help stimulate the economy where those workers would be hired in the first place. So goods and services are undermined, even though we have to, um, we can't allow, put another way, we can't allow COVID to damage the economy. The economy is more important. So I'm just, okay, wait a minute. You're not gonna extend the benefits that would help the economy, but you're gonna reopen the economy where people can't go spend the money anyway. Yeah, where it's dangerous to go to work, where, where it's dangerous, where, where it's dangerous to go out shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, you're right. The the, the six hundred dollars was was allowing um, allowing people to maintain um, their spending. Um, now they weren't thinking. Well, I'm I'm sure happy that I'm also stimulating the economy, <laughs> but that was that was definitely the effect. Yeah, right. Just as you said. Yeah, no, that that was definitely the effect and obviously seen in what we know i mean this is these aren't just anomalies this is going to probably be an an ongoing crisis as long as this pandemic is out here the pandemic imposes some restrictions on what and what can be done and that and that hurts economic activity um, in the interest of safety of course um, health and safety but yeah it's going to be with us uh which means we're it's going to take a while to get back to normal and that's why it's but that's why it's so important to to have relief measures to relieve hardship that also allow some measure of economic activity that we hope is safe to carry out to go on um Uninsurance claims themselves, you know, we've seen some of the latest numbers on that too. How do those numbers and the jobs numbers we get 
at the end of the month, how do they relate or interface with each other? Is, is there, are there, is, is there something in the unemployment numbers as those numbers, as those are reported on every week, I guess, in terms of what's being filed, is there anything we can learn from those before the end of the month comes to be? Yes, um, in the in the sense that an, an, an increase in claims suggests that things are still getting, an excessive increase in claims suggests that things are still getting worse. So, so a claim is someone who just lost, an initial claim is someone who just lost their job. Now, if the economy is doing great, um, you may have lots of people coming off of unemployment finding jobs. And so claims is just who's going into the stock of unemployed workers. And in a, in a good economy, people coming up coming out as, as well but so there's, there's actually a lot of churn in the economy of people going in and, and coming out but but we've had we've had really high claims data since march and that was a was a forerunner of the increase in the unemployment rate but but it was a flawed signal because it was so hard for states to meet their obligation to provide benefits or to even report on how many benefits they were providing so that the data were kind of complicated by the fact that the state unemployment insurance systems were overwhelmed both in their ability to meet needs and in their ability to supply meaningful data. And that's not good either. No, and it's because they, their systems have been underfunded for, for a very long time and we're not ready for something like this. Um. Percentage of the population with a job, 55.1% for July versus 61.1% in February, correct? Yep, yep. So, so, the, so the share of the population with a job captures both people who are uh, without who, a change, a decline in the, in the number of people with a job as a share of the population, reflects both higher unemployment, but also people dropping out of the labor force. So, so some of those people are not officially unemployed, some, some, some of those job losses, some of those people who are not working, who were working in February, are, are people who are unemployed, but others are people who have dropped out of the labor force. Um, not, and so they're not even looking actively enough to be counted as unemployed. So in some sense, it's a better measure of, um, of the slack in the labor market. Um, and, Add to that people working part-time when they'd like to be working full-time, which is also a number that's gone up. So they're not getting as much hours as they want. So that's underemployment. So just talk about something. Back to the school issue, though. Um, what? Well, these schools are reopening, even though maybe they shouldn't. Um, but... I guess enough of them at least reopening virtually. What, how is that going to impact maybe even next month or in September? I mean, is there anything we can expect from that? Yeah, I don't, it's hard, it's hard to, to parse through things to figure out how that might affect the, um, the, the overall unemployment statistics. But, but we know that if, it's gonna, it's gonna put a, it's gonna put a strain on people who um, are maybe working from home and and have to and have to manage their kids' um, school as as well, um, or or people or people who um, have can 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 go off 
can go off to work um, and, and maybe have, I don't know what kind of childcare arrangements they've made, but there's going to be, there's going to be childcare arrangement issues. There's, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of problems. And I don't know how, how that set of problems translates into unemployment figures, but, but you can be pretty clear how it translates into hardship <laughs> figures that, that, when you, but if you think about it in terms of government employment, I mean, you got to bring your teachers back. Yep. Uh, you may not bring your service workers or cafeteria workers back. Right. As we're talking about this, I'm just wondering now, because <laughs> again, people have misgivings and have real concerns about schools reopening. Now I'm beginning to wonder if one of the incentives to reopen schools especially by those who've not made prudent decisions thus far in a pandemic. Now I'm beginning to wonder if one of the incentives is, wait a minute now, we get these schools open and these numbers are going to go up automatically at great risk, but at least it looks like the economy is improving just before November. I can't help but wonder. I just thought about that as we were talking. I can't help but wonder if that might be an incentive. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, there's, I wish I wish we we had more agreement on how we should be doing things because you, the, what you're talking about um, a whole range of different things um, have have conflicting put people in a dilemma about what to do and they think there might be an easy answer <laughs> and yeah. and in fact it could be an endangering answer. Yeah. Well, folks, um, these are the numbers. The number Chad wants us to leave with today class is not necessarily 1.8 million jobs up in July, but 12.9 million jobs lost since February, folks. Uh, that's the number, correct, economics professor? That's correct. Okay. So if you go get a pop quiz, no, no, no you, you've, you've earned your A today. <laughs> right, right. Uh, folks, um, Chad is a prolific tweeter, um, and so we invite you to follow him. Uh, be very uh, wise for you to do, and you'll learn a lot. Uh, Chad CBPP for Center on Budget and Policy Priorities uh, to hear or to see rather and study and understand some of the latest information in layperson's terms, has to be layperson or else Chad would not be able to be on the show and I would not be able to understand him. Um, but again, great information, Chad CBPP on Twitter. All right, man. Thank you as always for this. Yep, it's always, it's always fun. Thanks, Mark. All right, great. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.